number five this evening, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter number five, Ephesians chapter number five, and I'll read two verses of scripture tonight, and uh, we'll uh, look at some things that I believe will be a help to us this evening. Uh, several times, many different times throughout the years, uh, I've used this text uh, either when a year comes to an end or we start the new year, and we'll look at it again tonight in Ephesians chapter number five. I'm going to read two verses of Scripture, verse 15 and verse 16, and then I'll let you know what uh, we'll be looking at tonight, and uh, uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us. Ephesians chapter number 5, and we look at verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wives. Uh, it's important what the Scripture tells us, of course, but how we look at life circumspectly, uh, seeing the big picture. Too many times we make decisions based on this view right here, not realizing how it's going to affect the big picture. Uh, we're to walk circumspectly, not as fools. Pretty good advice. Um, the Bible is not real hard to understand. Um, a fool, if we're to walk circumspectly, not as fools, then the scripture's telling us that a fool doesn't consider the big picture. The fool uh, looks at what's right in front of them, uh, but as wise, okay? We find that command in scripture. You see it there? We just read it, uh, how we're to walk, how we're to look at things. That thought continues, redeeming the time. So if we're going to see the big picture, if we're going to walk circumspectly, if we're not going to walk as a fool, we're going to walk as, as th those that are wise, we must redeem the time. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, we come to the end of the year. We think of the year that has passed. We think of time that is gone. We think of the year that is coming. We think of the time that is ahead of us. We are told to redeem the time. And it's like always good when you come to the end of the year. Of course, it's being New Year's Eve, and you look ahead to the future, uh, you look at, uh, and as I mentioned, I think it was Sunday, I mentioned uh, you consider what is behind you, you consider, but you're looking ahead uh, to what is ahead of you. We think of the time, we think of the limited time that we have as an individual. Uh, and many tomorrow, or they've already jotted them down, uh, you, you'll make New Year's resolutions, maybe you do that. Uh, I look at more goals, what some things do I want to accomplish in the new year? Uh, what do I, personally, how do I want to continue to grow uh, spiritually, how do I want to grow in the new year? Amazingly, if you don't set any kind of goal, you'll you don't hit those. Uh, it's those that you set, you strive. Uh, hopefully, if your Bible reading is not what it should be, uh, you'll set goals in your Bible reading, maybe to read your Bible through uh, in a year. Maybe you want to try uh, reading through it twice uh, in a year, whatever it is. But we set these New Year's resolutions. Now tonight, uh, I will, in the Bible study time, I want to give you my New Year's Eve resolutions, not my New Year's resolutions, my New Year's Eve resolutions. And we'll look at this text, tight with this text, and I believe this will be a help to us tonight because there's some important principles I'm going to mention. And so let's consider this, and I'm going to share with you my New Year's Eve resolutions. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight uh, as we look into the Word of God. May we consider uh, the, the truths, the principles, uh, the challenges that will be mentioned tonight. Uh, may we uh, willingly 
seek to apply them. May we willingly uh, look to uh, improve our life, our spiritual standing with you. As we look to a new year, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Redeeming the time, purchasing the time, making the best use of the time. You and I, we have an allotted time on this earth. We think we know how much time we have, but we don't know how much time we have. We know that as Christians that Jesus could call us home tonight, that, that the rapture could take place, the trump could sound. We'd all be called out of here. Thinking we had some more time to tell somebody about Christ, thinking we had more time to get things in order in our life, but if he calls us home tonight, th- th- we're out of time to do those things. Uh, as, as this past year, um, I, I, we don't like to think this way, but it was as many people as we have a turn, we have a 10 every week, uh, somebody may not have enough time left in their life to see 2021. We don't know that, but we think we have time. Uh, we think we have a lot of time. Uh, but the Bible talks about redeeming that time, purchasing that time. I believe the principle there is making the best use of that time. When we decide what we do with our life, decide what we use with, with our day, uh, we have one life, we have one opportunity. So what is the best use of the time that God has given us? Uh, and I'm a little bit off topic here, but it's a good principle to remind us all of. There are some things that are not sinful to do. They, they, they may not be, have a scripture, uh, a verse that speaks against them. But the decision may come to, is this the best use of the one life that I have? Is this the best use of the opportunities that I have? And so we have so much time, and it's valuable. Uh, I don't know how much time you spend thinking when it comes to this time of year, of the year, uh, evaluating. Don't set goals or New Year's resolutions if you're never going to check up on them for the progress. They're not doing you a whole lot of good. But I do like to look back and evaluate some things uh, personally and as the pastor of the church, where things are uh, when it comes to the church, and then look ahead and say, I want to do this better, and there's some things I'd like to accomplish. And uh, I I don't know if anybody else has done this, but I've set certain goals that I want to accomplish this by this age, and I want to have this done by this age. And and, uh, those, those decades get here a lot quicker, you know, than you anticipate, and uh, there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because we have time and it's valuable, very, very valuable. I would say just as we move to what I want to give you tonight, don't waste the time that God's given you. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, uh, you don't know how much time you have. Uh, get your salvation settled. If there's something this year that the Lord's been impressing upon you, working in your heart, uh, don't let more time go by before you give in to what God's trying to do with your life or get something right uh, in your life. Don't, don't wait. Well, I'll get to that. Oh, but don't waste the time. It's very, very valuable. Make sure the priorities are right when it comes to time. Now, as we consider time, and as I've been thinking, uh, both personally and as the pastor, uh, what's the best use of our time? We look back and see what God has done for us. We look back and see uh, things that God's done in our life. And I get excited when a new year comes, and now we have a new decade upon us. And I get excited thinking about 
all of the things for the new year and, and the, the new theme and what we're going to preach on and new Sunday school series in the future and all the things that I'd like for us to see done and breaking ground and getting uh, that next building going up. And all those are exciting things. Sometimes we can't accomplish what we need to accomplish in the future because we let something in the past hinder us from doing it. There's a saying in sports, coaches use this, and, and, and if, if you keep up with sports, I don't know if there's anybody here that does, but if you do, uh, you may have heard, heard this. You, a, a team loses a game that they didn't anticipate losing. And you'll hear a coach or somebody say, don't let that team beat you twice. What does that mean? Does it mean they're playing again the next week? No, it means you're still looking back, thinking about the loss to, the, to that team you played instead of thinking about your next opponent. And I wonder if we as Christians aren't guilty of the same thing, of failing and then letting that one failure lead us to another failure. And so before we can make New Year's resolutions, before we can set goals for a new year and for a new decade, I'm going to let you know some New Year's Eve resolutions that I think we all should make. Considering the year behind us, as we move to the year ahead of us. Let me give you number one. I have ten tonight. I'll just let you know. But New Year, midnight is a long way away, so you'll be out and home by 2021. <laughs> um, number one, my first New Year's Eve resolution is to not be satisfied with the success of 2019 but let it be fuel for 2020. All of us have had some sort of success in 2019. And I don't want to be satisfied with any spiritual success, any personal success of 2019, but I do want to let that be fuel for 2020. I could stand here until the new year and just testify and rejoice with, with you about what God has done for us as a church in 2019. I mean, it's exciting. So much happens week after week. We get further and further away of what God has actually done. And it's exciting to see what God has done. But friend, let me tell you, I'm not satisfied with the success that God has given us in 2019. I'm not satisfied with just the souls that were saved uh, this past Sunday. I want to see more souls saved. I want to see more progress in buildings done. I want to I see more things done, more people reached with the gospel. God has blessed us, and as a church, boy, God's blessed us in ways that we ought to be thankful for. I don't want to be, just, I don't want to be, be satisfied with that, but I do want to let it fuel me for 2020. I don't want to be satisfied with the prayers that were answered in 2019, but I want to remind myself that if God will answer these prayers, I need to be praying some bigger ones in 2020. Uh, God does, has done miracles and God has blessed. I want to let that fuel me. Too many Christians are satisfied with blessings that they have. Boy, God's been good. Well, let's just rest on that. No, friend, let's not rest on that. So New Year's Res Eve resolution number one is not to be satisfied with success of 2019, but let it be fueled for 2020. Number two, second New Year's Eve resolution is to not let the hurtful actions of others in 2019 
keep me from loving unconditionally in 2020. To not let the hurtful actions of others in 2019 keep me from loving unconditionally in 2020. Anybody hurt your feelings this year? My Bible, I hate to bring the Bible into this, says, Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. That's a, that, that's a verse that we need to be reminded of and hold on to. But let's be honest. Others can cause us hurt. People can be rude. People can be unfair. People can be mean. People can be hateful. But I don't want to let the hurtful actions of others in this year keep me from loving as Christ loves, as he loves, as we should love in the new year. Too many times we use an excuse of what happened as an excuse for us not doing what we should do. I'm not going to give an account for what somebody else did. I'm going to give an account for what I did. And the excuses we use, like, I'm not going back to church anymore. You know, and you hear this, and, 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 and if this bothers you, I'm sorry, and I'm not really, but you just, you're going to have to get over it. I, I am weary of those who grow up in independent Baptist churches. I'm so upset because what somebody in the independent Baptist church did to me. Grow up. Get over it. Get over it. I'm never going back to church because somebody was rude to me. Have you ever been to Walmart? Has anybody ever been rude to you in Walmart? God help us. I had to go there today. Oh, my goodness. Will you go back, don't you? Well, once a year. You get the point I'm making. Not to let the hurtful actions of somebody... I'm not going to give you much detail, but... There is a Cracker Barrel at a specific exit in South Georgia I will never go to because I ate there years ago and got food poisoning. By that same logic, well, I'm never going back to Cracker Barrel. Never going back. I got sick. Well, I would have robbed myself of the pleasure of all the other Cracker Barrels there was to frequent. You get the point I'm making. I'm not going to, as a child of God, I, we're supposed to have the love of Christ in our heart. There are people that God is going to allow me to cross their path and them to cross mine. And we may not have any other interaction but for me to show them kindness. Somebody may walk in these church doors and for only be here one week as they're passing through. But they ought to feel the love of God while they're here. There's too many saying, well, this happened. No, friend, we need to make some New Year's resolutions before you can talk about God having complete control of your life and accomplishing all that he wants to accomplish in your life. You may have to look back in 2019 and say, somebody wronged me. Somebody was rude to me. Somebody didn't treat me like they should have treated me. I am going to let that go so that I can love like I should love.
And let me just say this before I move to number three. Some don't have a problem in 2019. You have to go back to 2010, in, in, in 2000, in 1984, because you're still holding on to what somebody did to you way in the past. And you've got bitterness in your heart. You're, you're jaded at Christianity and people in general. That's not a way I want to live. But you may have to just make up your mind. I'm not going to let what somebody else did in this past year hinder me from having the spirit I ought to have, being able to love unconditionally. I know what it's like to be knifed in the back. I know what it's like for people to sit on these pews. It happens year after year, and you love them, you pray for them, and then they get upset about something, and it, it, you know, it's never the choir director's fault. It's never the nursery coordinator's fault. It's never the usher's fault. It's that sorry pastor. It's his fault. You know, I am human. That does hurt. But there's somebody else going to walk in those doors broken. They need somebody to love them. Somebody sitting out here, you're going to have a need that you didn't know you were going to have in the coming weeks and months. We'd be robbing each other of an opportunity to love one another and help one another because we're hanging on to something that somebody did in the past year. Number three, I'll tell you, they're going to be hard at the beginning and they'll get easier at the end. Number three, my third New Year's Eve resolution is to forgive any offense that is still unforgiven. Ties in with number two. Forgive any offense that is still unforgiven. Is there somebody you still haven't forgiven in 2019? You're running out of time. You're running out of hours to forgive. And again, you may have to go back to 2018, 2017, 2017. You can do the math from there. I don't want to live in that bondage. Now, I taught years ago on forgiveness. Sometimes the offense is so great that you've got to forgive over and over and over and over and over again. Whatever you have to do before you go into the new year, forgive any offense that is still unforgiven. Number four, the fourth New Year's Eve resolution is to not let the compromise of some in 2019 dishearten me in 2020. Don't let the compromise of some in 2019 dishearten me in 2020. Not everybody you and I know is going to stay loyal to that book. Not everybody who has the privilege of growing up in a Christian home is going to stay true to the values and the instruction that they have been taught. Not everybody that you think is going to be with you all the way to the end is going to be with you all the way to the end. Oh, and there was compromise in 2019. So how, do you, how can you say it? Because there's compromise every year. But friend, I'm not going to answer for anybody else's compromise. I'm going to answer for me. And you, you say, well, I, I've just been hurt because somebody that I believed in and somebody that, and, and that, and that we have a responsibility to not, to, to, to not be a stumbling block. But friend, when we have that viewpoint, that just tells us that our eyes are in the wrong place. Because I have a God who's never let me down. 
I have a God who's never stumbled. I have a God who has never said this and done this. I'm not going to let the compromise of Psalm 2019 dishearten me in 2020. I don't want to be discouraged because somebody doesn't do right. And let me just say this. You and I all have a responsibility to do right. I love the holiday times because families come and go. And a lot of times, as, as is tonight, some come back into town to see family. And it's a blessing and a joy to see them still doing right. And I hope that we're an encouragement for them to be able to come back to their home church and see that their home church is still plodding along, still moving forward. That's the way it should be. No, not everybody's doing that. But I'm not going to let that discourage me in 2020. Number five. I'm not going to let New Year's resolution, I'm not going to let sorrow in 2019 steal my joy in 2020. I'm not going to let sorrow of 2019 steal my joy in 2020. Are you saved tonight? You should have joy in your heart. Happiness is external, joy is internal. Do you realize this whole world can strip everything I have away from me? But there's one thing it can't take away from me. The peace. The peace of knowing that my eternity is secure. My God loves me. My God has not forsaken me. You think on that. Well, I, I, lo I, lo I lost my home. I've got a mansion over there. Oh, I can think about that. The joy, I'm not going to let sorrow, and I don't want to ever minimize the heartache and, and, the, and the sorrow and the trials and the tears that are shed. Oh, we've all been there. And if you haven't been there, you will be there. And if you've been there before, unfortunately, we'll all be there again. But just because I've experienced sorrow, just because I've shed tears in this last year, doesn't mean I can't still have joy on January one. Doesn't mean I still can't have joy in the new year. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us basically life is life happens. There's seasons of life. Uh, there, there's time for everything. And when we shed tears, some of you you had disappointments in 2019. You shed a lot of tears in 2019. You can still have joy in 2020. But you better make up your mind on, on December 31 of this year that you're not you're not going to let the sorrow that took place keep you from having joy. Too many Christians still not over a heartache. There are some heartbreaks and heartaches that you'll never forget. I know what it's like to bury a child. You never get over that. We've had we have some who buried their spouse this year. Don't don't be and this is just 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 some helpful advice. Don't look at them and say they should be over that by now. They might love their spouse more than you love yours. Maybe you wouldn't be over it by now. You'd be over it by now, but they're not. doesn't matter what you go through. There's some things you'll always have that sorrow with you that doesn't mean it has to steal my joy. doesn't mean I, I can't still have the joy of the Lord. I think you get the point. Don't let the sorrow in 2019 steal your joy in 2020. Number six. Don't let a failure in 2019 hinder success in 2020. It's another good New Year's Eve resolution. 
Don't raise your hand, but did you fail in this last year? Did you fail in some area of your life? Let me help you. Some of us, according to what we did last year at this time, we should be looking a lot better than we look right now because of the New Year's resolution that was set. Did you have a spiritual failing? The, the devil is so sly and so cunning. He uses the great tool of guilt. Huh. You fell. Remember when you told God that you, you would never go down that path again? Remember when you told God that you were going to do such and such and you didn't? And you fell. My Bible says, a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Oh, pastor, it's been 22, not seven. You missed the connotation, the context of that verse. That number seven signifies you get up over, you fall and you get up. You fall and you give up. You fall and you get up. You fall and you get up. Don't let a failure in 2019 keep you from having a success in 2020. If you fail in some area of your life, if you lay there, if you don't get up and try again, you're not going to succeed in that area of 2020. I can just tell you, it's not going to happen. You've got to get up. If you need to confess it to God, confess it to God. Put it behind you. Look to the new year and say, well, that could be a lesson for me now in the future. Don't, don't let it keep you from success. God is so much better to, to, to us than we deserve. Let me help you tonight. You might want to write this down. God wants you to succeed. He wants you to, to be blessed. He wants that for your life. We just, when we fail, and we all fail, remember, he remembereth we are but dust. That verse right there will give a Christian comfort like very few, few verses will. He remembers what we are. He remembers that we fail. Well, I, 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 I fell in that area. I don't know. Oh, get up. Don't let it keep you from having a success in the new year. Number seven. Seventh New Year's Eve resolution. It's my personal relationship with God should not serve as a plateau, but a springboard in 2020. Where my relationship, I personally feel like I've grown in 2019 spiritually. I feel like I have a closer relationship with God than I did the previous year. But that should not be our plateau, but a springboard for being closer to him in 2020. So, Pastor, I read my Bible more than I've ever read it before. Don't, keep, don't make that the plateau. Don't stay there. Use it as a springboard to go even higher. I, I, too many times we get satisfied. And the more wicked this world gets, the better we, the better we look to ourselves. And that's a dangerous place to be. Don't compare yourselves to others. Compare yourself to you. Do you realize if you're, sometimes we don't think of it this way, we may not like it to think this way. If you were closer to God yesterday than you are today, you're backsliding. 
man, and, and I give this counsel to new Christians. I go, they, they get saved, they join the church, they get in. I go by and visit them. I say, now let me, get, let me help you give some advice that I give everybody in your situation. You walk into a church like ours, and you look at everybody like, wow, I could never be like them. They, they, they know how to, they know how to, they know those words to say in church. The code words, you know, the Christian code words. They know the songs. They know the choruses. They know the protocol. Man, they, they don't know what I've been in before God saved me. And you look and say, I can never be, but if I could tell you the stories of the people that you go to church with. Now, I don't want to get too much into it because then you'll be like, I ain't going to church with those people. But I give them this counsel, this good counsel for all of us. Don't compare yourself to anybody there you see. You compare yourself to you. Because you know where you were when God found you. You know where you were when you bowed your head and with your heart trusted Christ as your Savior. Now you grow compared to you. In 2019, you can look around and say, we, and this church has some, some, some great Christians in this church. But don't compare yourself to anybody else. I, I don't compare, as a pastor, I don't compare myself to any other pastors. Well, they've got this or they've got this. I don't compare myself to me. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not running somebody else's race. I'm running my race. You're not to run somebody else's race. You're running your race. If you know anything about competitive racing, the first thing you're going to do to lose your advantage and to lose is to turn around and look at what everybody else is doing. Run your race. Compare yourself to you. Make up your mind that you're going to be a better Christian in the new year than you were in the old year. Don't plateau. Use where you are, spiritually speaking, as a springboard to do greater things for God, to do more for God. Don't be satisfied. Number eight. My eighth. New Year's Eve resolution is to not let the devil's distraction of 2019 steal my focus in 2020. Everybody in here, the devil, would love to destroy. You have an adversary. Are you, are you saved tonight? Then you have one who wants to destroy you. He wants to take everybody he can to hell with him, but once you're saved, he knows he's lost that. But he'd like to destroy your life and hinder you. So why does he want to do that? So that you can't give the gospel to anybody else. And so if he cannot get you and I to stumble and fall, and he will offer temptation, that's why you and I must protect ourselves. That's where that's you may be a good enough Christian that you don't need, and I'll use a, I'll use a word that's become a bad word. It's not about standards, conviction, holiness. You may not need all of that. I don't trust myself that much. That's why we have that, because he wants, to, wants us to stumble. And besides that, we blame the devil for a lot of things we want to do. Uh, but when it comes to distractions, if he cannot get you to stumble, he'll distract you. I think it's tragic. And tragic is not there. It's not a strong enough word. It's, it's sickening. It's disheartening. It's vile. 
and it's wicked, and it comes from the, the, the mind, as Romans chapter 1 says, those who have a reprobate mind, for, the, for it to be tolerated and even champion the murder of unborn children. I, I, don't, I don't have harsh enough words to describe that. I think it ought to be, it shouldn't even be a debate whether or not it's, it's, it's in God's eyes, it is what it is. It's not even logical to say it's not taking the life of, a, of another individual. I hate it. I, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of news on television, I don't watch a lot of television, but if I happen to be walking through the rooms, I, want to th- I throw stuff at the TV. It, it makes me angry. I can't keep up with politics like I'd like to keep, because you hear them, well, it's a woman, I just can't do it. Having said all of that, when it comes to the purpose of the church, I find nowhere in this King James Bible that a church is supposed to go picket somewhere is supposed to make that their champion of a cause. I'm against it. I'm going to preach against it. I'm going to vote against it. See, Pastor, why do you say that? Our purpose as a church is to reach the world with the gospel. If we reach Jacksonville with the gospel, it'll change their political views. It'll change their moral views. If, if our state, if churches in our state, we, we, we plant new churches and, and some churches would have revival and get back to doing what it is that the, we ought to do as a church. Now, I'm not going to go on a campaign against anybody who does anything like this. I just don't want to get distracted. It's hard for me to preach that Jesus' return is imminent and then us not do anything about Seeing people saved if his return is imminent. I must move on. I don't want to let a distraction from 2019 steal my focus in 2020. Be very, very careful about what distracts you as a Christian. I know a lot of preachers that get distracted at causes. We're going to talk about the new year. We're committed to a cause. It's his cause. I know parents that get distracted. I know Christians that get distracted. Let's keep our focus in a new year. Number nine. My ninth New Year's Eve resolution, or revolution, however you want to say it, is to not, is to consider a setback in 2019 as a lesson to learn from in 2020. Is to consider a setback in 2019 as a lesson to learn from in 2020. Christian, let me help you. You run a marathon, not a sprint. Lord had to teach me this at a much, at a younger age, in life, in ministry. There's things I want to accomplish, things I want to do, and I get, no, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes the greatest things that will happen to you in your life, not just as a Christian, as a person, especially as a Christian, are the things that you look back as a look look at as a setback. This church, some from the outside would say through the years, because of certain circumstances, we've had a setback. We went from this place and 
had church in these conditions. And we are talking about the other day, the, the, the other property and the, the tent and preaching on Sunday morning with ducks looking in, the wind, looking in the door at you. And if it rained on the way to church, you knew you were going to have to preach a little bit louder because of the frogs, the choruses. I can't tell you how many preacher friends I have in sincerity. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, we're having the time of our lives. There's people in this building that were saved there. And this is a strong church. What was a setback wasn't really a setback at all. There were lessons to learn. And you as an individual, you as a Christian, you as a couple, you may look at 2019 and be, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Let's tear up all those plans I made when I was 18, throw them out the window. Look at the setback as a lesson to learn. Now I'm smarter in that area. Now I know what and who to avoid. A setback, this is better than Dr. Phil, y'all, I'm telling you. <laughs> Consider a setback in 2019 as a lesson to learn from in 2020. We don't like, you say, oh, I need to go get, get an education so I can learn how, I'm, I'm all for that. But sometimes the best education we're going to get, the most valuable, is from our own setbacks, our own failures, our own mistakes. Because some things you can't learn except, but you know what, God allows us to have setbacks? Because there's some lessons we would not learn otherwise. We wouldn't learn it otherwise. The one you've been looking for, number 10. The 10th New Year's Eve resolution is very simple. It's not to look back to 2019, but to look forward to 2020. I am a very simple person. There's just some principles I live by. Some ways I think, and I don't ever vary from it. And sometimes it frustrates my family. Sometimes it frustrates some of you. It's just the way I operate. I could not accomplish what I think the Lord wants me to accomplish personally and lead us as a church in the future if I'm always looking back and trying to find answers for 2019. Pastor, do you think I should have handled this differently? We'll talk about that only from the fact that we want to learn that as a lesson so we don't make that same mistake. But I have no interest in going back and saying, well, let's, 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 let's analyze this and let's get everybody. It's done. I can't, you know, say, well, and it ties in with sometimes, like, well, if I knew what God was trying to do, no, you wouldn't. Then I could, no, you wouldn't. What would it change? I already used as an illustration the fact that I, that I know what it's like to lose a daughter. I don't know why God did that. I know some things he's done in my life because of that. I know I wouldn't be who I am. I know I couldn't pastor as I pastor because of that. But first of all, God doesn't owe me an explanation. And if I knew, she'd still be gone. Why look back? Don't, as a Christian, back into 2020. Charge into 2020. Forgetting those things which are behind. 
I failed. There's a lesson. Wipe your hands of it. Move forward. I, I, I'm not looking back. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm moving forward because I don't want to let the same team beat me twice. I can't go back and relive it. I can't go back and change it. That's why we started at the beginning. If you think back, it seems like a long time ago when we started with number one. You better forgive who needs to be forgiven. The wrongs, you better leave them back there, deal with them. Otherwise, it's going to be June, July, August of 2020. And everything that you wanted to get done has been on the back burner because you're still looking. Still looking. I'm not going to look back at 2019 when it hits midnight tonight if I'm still conscious. I'm waking up in the morning. It's a new year. It's a new decade. There's new goals. There's, there, 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 there's, there's new things to do. There's new things to accomplish. I am not going to spend one minute thinking about a failure in 2019. Not one. Some of you, you fail. You fell flat on your face. You may, have, you may have wronged God. You may have let sin come in your life that you never anticipated coming, but it was there and you battled it. Get it right. Ask Him to forgive you. God is going to forget it. You pick yourself up and move on. Quit looking back. Oh, sometimes we do it because we want drama. And we want an excuse of why we don't overcome and accomplish what we could become. Did we accomplish a lot in 2019? Absolutely we did. Did we have some missed opportunities? Certainly so. But let me help you. Don't come to me in the month of January. Pastor, how come in in last August we didn't get such and such? One, I don't remember. I don't remember what I preached last Sunday night. Because once once I preach it, once I live it, I let it go, and I've got another day to live. I've got another year to look forward to. I'm on to the next thing in my life. Too many Christians are letting problems that happened years and years ago keep them from victories that they could have. Hey, it's December 31. It's been a good year. I'll testify personally, but I think we probably all could say what I'm fixing to say. I laughed in 2019. I cried in 2019. Well, I got some answered prayers in 2019. There's still some unanswered for 2019. But when January 1 hits, I'm not lingering. I'm looking back long enough to say, thank you, Lord, look where you brought me from. Thank you, look where you brought me. I think it's good to do that. But I'm not letting that hinder my 2020. Some of you, you've come to me for counsel through the months and the years, and if you know there's one thing that'll frustrate your pastor, and I do it with a smile on my face, and I love you, and I'm patient, and we'll pray together, and usually we pray at that time, because not because you need it, but because I need it. I, if we deal with something, I don't want to go back and talk about it again. 
That's why if you've ever had to come to me and say, Pastor, I need you to help me with this. Once we discuss it and it's done, don't come back to me and bring it up. I have, I'm like, oh, I forgot that. I flush it. You should too. And by the way, let me just say this by a moment. If God saves you out of a, a wicked life, don't go telling everybody everything you ever did. Pastor, I'm going church. I feel like I got to let you know. Nope, I'm good. Not a priest. Don't care. Leave it. You lost. Learn from it. Then turn and go win the next battle. Go win the next day. Father, help us as we.